The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to The Ball Bikes, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thank you very much for joining episode one, season one, the latest podcast from the mid-season slump, The Ball Bikes. Fortunately, this episode was a little bit late. We had some technical difficulties. Um, but look, we're giving it a second attempt to try to get episode one out this week. So, after an impressive preseason debut, I'm delighted to be joined by the bottom feeder, at least. How are you, mate? You all good? How are the boys today? Yeah, all good. Hoping for another. Enjoyed the preseason debut. Hoping not to make another. The regular season debut should have went a bit better, but here we are. We go again. I'm also joined. You'll be very familiar with him now at this stage, but the chief of controversy, it's the coach. How are you, mate? Y'all good? I'm here. I'm alive. Yeah. Never po- good. Positive as always. Um, I suppose, look, bit of a feel for tonight, okay? So it's going to deviate slightly from what will be the traditional structure. We're going to go through our player of the weekend quickly. The main section, agree to disagree, is kind of usually will be three structured debates. Given time constraints and technical difficulties the other night, we're going to keep it a bit more flexible, a bit more light. And then we're going to finish up with a section called Have You Seen This? Which is just a viral news story or video from the week that we'd like to bring to your attention. So, kicking it off rather quickly. If you're a fan of us on social media, you'll see that our player of the weekend was Meads Vicky Wall. Um, the lads had plenty of other options to give, but unfortunately I was pig ignorant stuck to my guns uh, look I just felt given the the what that Mead side has gone through in the last two years it's an incredible achievement and the Dubs first loss in 28 games something crazy that they were going for their fifth all Ireland in a row it was an incredible achievement Mead were 50 to 1 outsiders at the very start of the championship so brilliant achievement it's always better when you're a Mead man and you get to make these decisions but lads you want to go through maybe some honourable mentions that I lapsed I missed from the weekend that's been go on bottom feeder you go first because you probably said the same thing as me again oh yeah <laughs> I had Patrick Cantley he was uh, he was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable like he was unbelievable he was he was He was very good he was very good um, and to, to double up on a non-golf podcast seeing as we are number one in the basketball standings in Ireland at the moment <laughs> uh, is Leona McGuire uh, Cavan's yeah, own Leona phenomenal. McGuire so phenomenal um, it was that stat it was Calvin four point four and a half points USA half a point that was, yeah. that was quite a good one yeah and she trashed them yeah and, and as a wildcard pick as well, or a coach's or a captain's pick as well so it was pretty pretty special yeah look it was it was very good it was very good very good women for Irish very good weekend for Irish women's sport I think was be fair to say 
Right, moving swiftly on. We're not going to delay too much uh, for this episode. We'll be a lot more longer and boring next week, I promise you that much. Um, so, the main section, okay, let's kick things off. Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. It's the evening after the night before. Ireland, Serbia, one all. Thoughts, gents, reaction. How are we feeling? Is Kenny's job safe, secure, at risk? Time for him to go? That's, what's the general consensus here? Um, I actually think he is definitely more secure than he was 24 hours ago. Which it sounds like a bizarre statement, given that we've only got, what, two points from five games? We've got two from two, though. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> that's the back end of how many uh, no win and 13 or 14 yeah, or something like that like it's 16 games um one win that win coming against a bunch of sheep farmers and priests from andorra in a friendly as far as i can recall um i still think he's safer he would now then go at one win seven draws eight losses is what i make it out as I do agree the pressure kind of did lift a little bit. Um, I kind of... I've chopped roped on this. I've stood at both sides of the fence, even in the last 24, 48 hours. I just... I am not sure if he's the man to take us forward. Um, You know what I'm going to say. You are part of the problem. (laughs) I disagree. I actually think part of the problem is toxic bloody journalists um like that performance last night it was woeful like a good a good result but it was 87 minutes of hard hard work like and if you want to talk about the problem it's toxic journalists a la we had we can't afford a legal battle but let's just say it's a very popular first name dot ie um lambasna as an incredible performance it's not like an absolute toxic journalism and a little subtle plug if you're not a fan of toxic journalism all fans of the ball bags and all our productions get a month free from the athletic just click the link in the description and enjoy i suppose toxic journalist free <laughs> articles from the athletic it's phenomenal stuff if you're not on it get on it it's well worth the monthly subscription but if you're not sure if you're on the fence take up that month free i'm uh, not listen i'm not going to say that i'm in the the kenny kind of in kenny we trust camp it was a bit of a bedsheet moment i think on the bus on the way up from a few boys but I think you have to the circumstance we're in and the and the players that are there in terms of age goes in Kenny's favour and I think that he is probably you stick with it. I think I think if we stick with him for the next campaign, it could pay like it could pay off massive dividends. It could I think I think the problem is though, there's the still if. an awful lot of issues with like how is Daryl Horgan I think he was the first sub on. Like, how is he the your first choice? I don't know if there's some politics involved. Like, it's to do with selling maybe Watch League of Ireland subscriptions. That, like, Watch League of Ireland, the home of future Irish internationals. He offers you nothing. A huge... A man for me that I was crying out to start was Conor Horan. He had a brilliant year last year in the Championship. But what do any of these alternative managers that have crept up, like, what are they going to offer you? Genuinely, like... Look, and that's... I feel... Mm. I feel safer... Mm after last night about keeping him and I've been staunch about him staying for the campaign and just letting this build instead of just pulling the rug from under him and and like I'd rather I'd just be happy 
improved performances over like results. Like I would take, you know, five if there's five losses, but I think we're going in the right direction. I would be happy with that. I know a lot of people wouldn't be, but that's where I that's where I lie with Stephen Kenny right now. I think there's a lot to be said for two things. Nations League games and the first two games of the European qualifiers or whatever because if you all of a sudden get a loss say in the European qualifiers well run the back foot straight away um, now okay granted you may end up with a whoever you end up with in the first game it could be the top seed like I think we're probably going to be third or fourth seeds in, in the next qualifying group um, so you have to take that into consideration but if, if you don't have at least probably three points from the first two games of the qualifier. You've got to, I think that's when you go right. Well, we're reverting now because you've had x amount of time and games at it. Like fifteen, that's a lot of games. It's been international managers that got sacked, sacked over less without points. Yeah. See, see, and here's the problem. I think with Kenny is, I think he needs to be involved in the structure. I just don't think mm-hmm. he's right for the top of the structure. I don't know. He, he was perfect twenty ones manager. He was a perfect twenty ones. Maybe even a, maybe even a. Like a, an assistant manager, I just don't know mm. if he's if he's if he's there yet, or if he he's if it's best suited to him. If that makes sense, like it just like even like the thought process behind like we we can't get anything out of that game. Even if we won that game four 0 it doesn't do anything for us. So why aren't we playing Troy Parrish? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like why aren't we trying out these new combinations? Like. Look, in terms of like to say technical ability and and like kind of skill and stuff like that, maybe James McLean isn't the greatest servant to this country. In terms of honesty and hard work, he he's up there he's as up a great there, servant yeah. to this country, and he should be commended on that. But we probably got all we're going to ever get out of James McLean. So even if the alternative is a is a wild card, why not throw him in? Yeah. Um, and then there's, there is just a few things that do kind of annoy me, like people like would say stuff like, oh yeah, but it's a better style of play, but is it? Like, we were good, we looked good against Portugal because Portugal gave us space. Like, the game last night, I think there seemed it... like no, there was no, where I think we're really poor is in the transitions. As in, yeah. we've no counter, and we're equally as poor when we lose the ball getting back into kind of our defensive structure. I mean, that's where we're really falling down. There's other parts, obviously, to that as well. It was like, that's... yeah, bomb it to Adamida, and we just had a massive gap in behind him then. Or in front of them, whatever way you look at it, but it was, yeah. Look, let's be honest. Out of, out of Kenny's reign so far, it was. Let's be honest. It was probably the worst performance, in my opinion. It was mm. up there with the worst performances of his reign so far. We, okay, we've been unlucky in certain games, but unfortunately, international football is a results business, and he's not getting results. Now, the one thing that really, really irked me yesterday is the celebrating when the goal went in. That was embarrassing. Um, not from the crowd. I, I completely get the the joyous crowd. That it's fine. Like it's a release of energy. But the bench, the the senior management team, all came together, gave each other a big hug and high five. And you're like, going, come on, you, you've got to set your standards. You got to send it higher, set them higher. Um, you can't celebrate draws. You can't celebrate draws that are getting us in. Particularly a goal like that. it wasn't a well worth goal. Like it was a typical <laughs> Ireland of the last twenty five years. Big Jack up the pitch goal. Like you know so. There's- there's nothing. There's a lot of people that would take that big jack back. Let me tell you. Hey, yeah. win or lose, look, run the booze. And look, at, look, yeah, at the, look at the end of the day, true. lads. As much as like a nice style of football is great, sexy football is winning football. You can you start winning games and then look at the style and stuff like that. But yeah, no. Um, I, don't, I don't think you have that luxury in international football. Or that's the problem. If Kenny was to go into a Championship League one club and, and work 
for a period of time. I think it'd work out much better for him. The, the way he's approaching it, like, well, so, it, the, yeah, that, and that's and like another point too. Like, you're you're looking at thirteen to fourteen day windows, trying to reinvent the style of play, and yeah. trying to fit players. Is that is that a model for success at international level, or are you better off just saying, look, this is what we have, and even lumping the ball up to Adam Eda, you like without stereotyping or being excused of being xenophobic he's you can lumping the ball up and it's Adam uh, Adam Ida and four Serbian gentlemen who without stereotyping tend to be bigger stronger blokes don't they so yeah you'd worry about the logic of that look and else that and that we probably is I do probably agree that he is a, a will sleep a bit more soundly tonight or last night even then he would have maybe on Monday and Sunday evening yeah, there seems to be a change of the opinions over the last twenty four hours since since that game. I, whether it makes a difference or not, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out in due course. I believe there's to be a, a meeting about his future in November. I assume that's to decide whether he gets a new deal or stays on or whatever. But that's that's what I'm, the, the, I don't I don't think it's a meeting to get rid of him. Put it that way. Yeah, I think he. he... I think it's more kind of a meeting to decide like whether they just kind of put him back into the caretaker of, you know, the youth football again and and go after one of those bigger names that they have there. But I still don't think, like, having Roy Keane in charge of Ireland is going to be any good to us. Yeah. And that is, he, he has been mentioned. Like, All right, big Sam. Robbie Keane's been mentioned as well, hasn't he? And who was the Scottish fella, Neil Lennon? Yeah. Well, he's, well, he's actually he's, he's Irish. Irish but... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Steve, Stephen Reid yeah. as well linked uh, Lee Carsley I think would be a good appointment if we went get a good mix of seniority and, and youth I think he's done a good job at England 21s but listen look, go yeah. on go on I was going to say may, maybe the solution is Kenny needs a more senior number two maybe he just Possibly, needs yeah. that wise head that's Kenny's still going to be the focal point and still going to have the ultimate decision but like if you want to throw throw back to a good guy example, like he needs a good team of selectors. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's mm. a potential solution, and maybe that's what the focus of the meeting should be. Um, but look, tomorrow morning I'll probably wake up and I probably want him gone. So, I'm very but listen, we didn't we didn't get to the number one basketball podcast in Ireland talking about Stephen Kenny, did we? Yeah, and do you know what? There's no bad basketball slate on the podcast until October, <laughs> at least I think until it comes back. And like any basketball stories, I think no, mine kind of. I suppose yeah, I'll tell you Aldridge. one. I'll tell you one. One basketball story. The Ireland performance last night. That was end to end. Huh? Sorry. Is, yeah. The, <laughs> I, think our, I think our single. I think it's our single <laughs> follower just left. <laughs> oh, that was really that was poor. Now. That was really yeah. poor. Um, look, there's not much more to add. And look, I think the tension straight away shifts and. The Kenny headlines will drift away as we head back into another manic weekend of English Premier League action, Championship, all the other European leagues. It, that's the thing with the international window; it does kind of does tend kind to go quite very quickly, and the pressure doesn't build. Whereas the flip side, mm-hmm. uh, club management are very much under pressure during the international transfer window. That, that, that noise doesn't go away. As a famous man once said, the best thing about international football is the window ending so yeah 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 and else that gents before we move on no oh, good happy cool perfect right so 
as previously stated, we're recording this Wednesday evening, late one. Try and get it Wednesday evening, probably be Thursday morning. So whenever you're listening to this, you'll know obviously that the NFL is starting later today. Or maybe it was yesterday, depending on when you pick it up. So we're going to do a bit of an ad hoc, brief preview to the NFL this season. Um, Obviously, it's it's no longer uh, 17 regular season rounds. It's now 18. It's been extended. There's an extra side making it to the playoffs in each conference. So it's going to be very intriguing. You throw on on top the new COVID protocols, paving the way for one of the more interesting seasons, if ever. It's also a good time to do another subtle plug. If you're looking to pick up a bit of merch in advance of the season, check out our affiliate friends at usasports.co.uk. Just click the link in the podcast description to, to peruse the wide variety of merchandise. God, I am septic. Anyway, moving Peru's swiftly on, on gents. We're going to kind of do a quick fire in nature, probably not in practice round on the NFL. So I'll just pose a random question teach you all and you might give me your answer okay so kick it off with yourself bottom feeder at least who do you predict to be the rookie of the year let's go overall i know there's offensive and defensive but who would you put down as your rookie of the year i actually went non-quarterback and i was kind of wrestling with it i was like "Ooh, trevor lawrence is going to play a lot of games should you know at least win the Jags five games, but um, I actually went with Micah Parsons, who is a linebacker for the Cowboys, and all impressions have been that he is going to be like a superstar linebacker in this league. Uh, Dallas were obviously absolutely chronic last year, um, on defense, so if he just has the numbers, it's I think he's just going to run away with that award, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Micah Parsons, I think, is going to really hit the ground running, and he is my pick for rookie of the year. That's a man who has definitely bought into the hard knocks hype. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I'll go next. I'm going to go Mac Jones. <sighs> Brave. I know what you're going to say. You're an idiot. I just think... Patriots, Ireland fan. You know, I hate the Patriots. <laughs> but I just think usually is a rookie quarterback of the rookie quarterbacks Justin Fields is probably the best at this early stage but he's in a bad situation with Chicago and the whole Andy Dalton a lot of noise I think Trevor Lawrence is exceptionally talented will probably be the best overall when the careers are done but it's just not a great situation in Jacksonville I don't think at present they just there are a lot of roster dust that needs to go and it may be two or three years before they're competitive with Trevor Lawrence if he hits as much as he expected to hit um, I'm not 100% sure on Zach Wilson in the Jets you see comments from Tony Romo of like he's going to be the best out of four I don't see it the Jets are just a terrible organisation they're again a bit of roster dust so I think Mac Jones coming from a winning tradition in Alabama straight into the Patriots under Belichick yeah, the, the the Patriots have had two kind of roughish years. One with Brady, one without. Still don't, not ready to give up on Bill Belichick. I do think he is still up there. From all reports, he's an exceptional professional already. Reports that the reason Cam Newton was let, was let go was not because of performance, but because Mac Jones, as a rookie, was effectively teaching him the playbook. 
he just seems like a savant at the game and stuff like this. So that's why I'm going to go with my rookie of the year. Uh, right, well, I was... Go on, say it. Yeah, you're playing your own cards. Typical Irish fan supporting the Patriots. I don't support the Patriots, but Mac Jones was going to be my choice. But uh, I'll change. The, the player I'm following this year is Justin Fields. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Now, the Bears have obviously said Andy Dalton's number one. But I think it's only going to take a couple of games into the season before we see Fields get in there. Um, and I really enjoyed QB1 with Justin Fields. As you'll see, I'm a rainy day NFL fan. Um, really enjoyed QB1 with Justin Fields. So I think I'm going to go with Justin Fields. That is is my selection. Um, yeah. I think he completed something like 30 out of 49 preseason passes. So that has to be, for preseason for a, a rookie, I think it's a good return. Yeah, look, I, um, I definitely think he's the most fun rookie. Anyways, I don't know if he's gonna win it, but like, it's kind of like as... in comparison, it's kind of like Lamelo Ball. Like in that, it's for him, it seems to be about fun, and it seems to be a little bit about a flair and and that. Like not that he's out and out there character around, but I think he that's the, he plays on the on the front foot, doesn't he? And, and and kind of off the shoulder as a striker would would be in in football. He's kind of that type of player, like off the cuff, and I like that. Um, but I think he could be an out, a nice outsider for uh, for rookie of the year. Yeah, he's got real sense Murray. Wouldn't wouldn't disagree there. I kind of I did like kind of had him. And I just kind of went with Mac Jones in the end. How long before how long before you reckon Bears make the change for Andy Dalton? Um, see, see, here's an interesting one, right? I actually think it would do feels the world of good to sit um for the year. But they never sit anymore. They never really sit. Well, Mahomes sat. And that's only four years I know, years but um, they had Alex Smith. Like, this is not Alex Smith. It's it's a really bad is, version the, of what Andy Dalton the, used to the be. The things they have, like, like, Fields is potential to be the greatest quarterback. And this is a this is a massive comment to say, but the greatest quarterback the Chicago Bears have ever had. Like, the Jay Cutler, he never really hit. He was undoubtedly talented, but a poor professional. The 85 Chicago Bears that won, they had Jim McMahon, but Jim McMahon was wild, wasn't, he flashes a brilliance, but he just was was and and it's been a lot of like Mike Lennon's, Mitch Rex Grossman. Do you know what I mean? It's been a lot of them characters, and it's a sports mad city. There's a lot of pressure as it is. Now look, Justin Fields is 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 he's, like he's he's kind of lucky in a way. He's not coming from Alabama, or Alabama or Texas. He is coming from Ohio, so he is used to playing football in the cold weather. But I just think he has the potential to be a huge face of the franchise for what is a kind of a, a historic franchise in the NFL despite the fact that we never won one Super Bowl but the Chicago Bears are always kind of important if that makes they'll sense they'll always be followed isn't it like they'll always yeah yeah, big city team yeah. big city team yeah and and the only NFL team in that city too as well or in the local area Um, yeah. I give uh, I give uh, Dalton four games to be honest Four games, yeah. and if they're on four, Nagy's going to get sacked anyways, and he's he might as well just see what he has. You know that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not against. I'd love him to be starting week one, but I understand the logic behind making him sit. Is how how it kind of waters. Right, moving swiftly on. Um, we'll go with yourself again, bottom feeder at least. We will go MVP for the season. I have a feeling you have a far more logical. The both of you is actually probably a no. more logical picks than this, but I am going with 
Matthew Stafford, the new quarterback for the Rams. Yeah, you get a great price on him as well. But look, I think everything is geared <laughs> tell, towards Tell the fans that haven't Stafford. heard. Tell the fans that haven't heard. Yeah, <laughs> 16 to 1 you get him at. Like, you know, God, like, get on that, lads. I just think it's a great year for um, for him individually to probably win that award. Like, the Rams should win 11 or 12 games. They might even win 13 games, you know, if they're that good. Um, and he has all the weapons. He's going to have Cup. He's Josh Reynolds. He's Tyler Higby. He doesn't have a deep track. You know, so he... That would be my only drawback. He's a huge arm. He... I still think he can play. Like, like I don't think it necessarily has to cut the top off it to to win this award Fair. this year. I think Fair. he can do it like an intermediate route. Like, obviously, if the play action works this year, like he's going to be able to take those shots. Like, if Jared Goff is able to make mince meat out of those shots like so can Matthew Stafford like no problems the, there the play action could be um, issue though with the, the lack of a yeah and look it is the sexy pick as well and we like sexy picks so this is the one we're going with what about yourself coach have you uh, an MVP for the year um, I feel like with the whole side story with Rogers, it, it's kind of coming across as you know the last dance for Rogers or whatever you want to call it Um. So it, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be absolutely horrific for him because of the controversy he caused or it's going to go absolutely magnificent and he's going to go out with a hero. And he just seems like a nice guy so I want him to go out with a hero. Um, he seems to be do caused everything that's, that's caused for the right reasons. We've been doing podcasts a while and that's your most controversial take. He's a nice guy. <laughs> Boy, great guy. Great guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a man of my character, I think. You either love him or you hate him, I think. Yeah, but I, sorry, what I mean is, if you watched, I think you did, I think we spoke about when we watched the um, the press conference with him, and what he was doing, he seemed to be doing it for the right reasons. Um, so, but as I said, because he's caused this, he's this is going to go absolutely horrific for him, or it's going to go excellent, and I, I have a feeling it's going to be on the excellent side. So, uh, would that be his second MVP or his third, if he, if he was to win? This would be his third. Yeah, so his second in a row as well, which... Is why I was going to lean Rogers, and then as a lead, they don't generally like to give out back-to-back MVPs. I think so. That's why I kind of lent against Rogers. But yeah, no, I have a good feeling about Rogers this year. Um, I wouldn't disagree with you. I'm taking away cool. from you. Go My on. MVP is a little bit from left field. Um, obviously it was cries last year and stuff for him to get it at the start. I'm going for Russell Wilson. The reason I'm going for Russell Wilson is he probably has the most underrated running back in the NFL in Chris Carson. His production is always top notch. Metcalf is another year in the league. Another He's becoming even more dominant. I think he's like on average the top three wide receiver in a multitude of statistics. He still has uh, Tyler Lockett. He's in that system a long time. They've recruited well in the O-line I think Russell Wilson could have a good season. I think he could have a great season. And he's my kind of left field pick for MVP. I just don't think he's going to uh, send like, good games for the whole year. Like I think he'd fade. I, I, he'd either st- you know what I mean? He, Russell Wilson is always good for a patch of like exactly. three or four bad games. And he'll, he essentially he'll play his way into it and then play his way out of it. But I mean, if he can do it for the whole year, they'll be they'll be really good. Like the NFC West is going to be ridiculous again, lads. It is, yeah, yeah. That's that's the the thing too, as well. Like there is, 
there is a bit of waiting too in terms of the results you've had against the sides you've had and I think being in the NFC West a team that comes out on that will have won probably the more challenging games in the regular season does that make any sense I don't know if that does I've made it yeah 100% they beat the Cardinals say twice beat the Rams once and beat the 49ers twice that's an incredible return I mean because that, that that division will eat itself up Hmm. Fair. Moving on. Um, so look, regular season is brilliant and all that, but there's nothing more enjoyable than good old playoff fo- football. So, the most improved side this season. Can I? I, I actually want to hit up two answers with one answer, if that makes Ooh. sense, because I know what your yeah, next yeah. question is going to be. Do you? Yeah. I hope Go for so. it. Go for it. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go do two birds at once down. I think the most improved side, given that uh, given everything that the bottom feeder has said, I'm gonna say that the Rams are the most improved side. But I'm also gonna say they're gonna be the one to miss out. Oh, oh, yeah, Jesus, a, a strange one. Because they didn't make the playoffs last year, but. Uh... Okay. But I think a lot of people, because they had, or because of everything Stafford and history on hard knocks point. and everything, I think people are kind of expecting them to make it. But I think they're probably the most improved, but at the same time, will just couldn't come short. Okay. Good point. So I, I've got two answers out there and one. Whew, I can sit back. You enjoyed that. Like, you really enjoyed that. What about yourself? Most improved side? The most improved side? Um, I am going to go with the Crosstown Rivals, and I think the Chargers are going to be the most improved side, not just because they're my team, but if they stay injury-free, there is no reason why they can't creep to, to 10 wins this year, I think. Um, and they should be kind of the clearly the best side in the AFC West after the Chiefs as well, so... You know, you get two wins against the Broncos. You get two wins against the Raiders. I think Herbert is good enough to possibly mm. nick one against the Chiefs. And it's kind of like looking at the the NFC West there. Like, if you're talking, you win five games in that division, that's that's good going. So I think they, um, they definitely have the talent. And with Derwin James, looks like he's going to be an all-pro again this year at safety. Um, but I think the Chargers for 10 or 11 wins this year. Good. I I actually almost picked a different side in the the AFC West. I almost went with the Broncos. Um, I do think Teddy Bridgewater looks good. They have a good receiving core. They have a serious defense, and they've also got no fans at tight end. But I did, I kind of cheated a little bit based on last year's performance. I'm going with the Forty ers They were kind of abysmal last year. They'd no Jimmy G. They now have Jimmy G back fit. If he doesn't work out, they also have another exciting rookie in Trey Lance. That defense has, is only getting better. They haven't really had any major losses. Potentially, the lack of a of an established star running back is a cause for concern. But I've gone with the 49ers. Shanahan doesn't need a running back, though. He literally no, he just creates offense. That was a huge, that, huge reason why I picked them as well. Um, it's almost cheating, but sure, look. We didn't think of any better, and we didn't come up with them ourselves. So, 
So obviously the coach yeah. has eliminated himself from the next question. So a lot throw to you quickly, um, Bonfield Ratley. Your shock to miss the playoffs. My shock to miss the playoffs, and I don't like, is actually going to be the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, Josh Allen doesn't sustain the production and and reverts to type from year one and two. Um, he he's no one has ever progressed as a passer from second year to third year like he has. It's actually unheard of. Mm. Um, now obviously if he pans out, I will have egg in my face. He's also extremely fun to watch and the Bills genuinely love him. But I don't think that type of jump is is sustainable for two years in a run. Like he has to regress a little bit surely. Like if he if he if doesn't he, regress at all, he like plateaus? he win the MVP. If he plateaus just at that yeah. re- at, at the same the same player he was last year. Yeah. Well it, I still think it's going to be a tough division for them to win because the Dolphins are going to be better as well and the Patriots mm-hmm. with Mac Jones like are going to be good too. So I think like I don't think it's going to be an easy walk in the park for Buffalo to make the playoffs this year. So, like, if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's purely because uh, Josh Allen has regressed. Right. I'm gonna. If you thought that was a bad one, here's another bad one straight for you. My shock to miss is the Tennessee Titans. I just don't believe Derek Henry can deal with that. Can deal with that level of production, and I think as a result, the playbook shrinks. Ryan Tannehill I know they've obviously added in Julio Jones and they have AJ Brown but I just have been a bad feeling about the Tennessee Titans this year so who's going to win that division then oh Jesus um, Colts Jesus that is yeah Colts are going to walk obviously what you reckon Ooh. the Jags finish second not every, I thought not Tennessee every division has, walk, not every division has two sides coming out of it Okay, so that was my logic by now. Definitely not that division, anyways. Yeah, how does well, that work out? Going. How is is it done on wins. wins? So so the top side comes out, and then it's the next best losers, basically. So you could have technically three sides. You could have three sides coming out of the NFC West, right? Because they got the most wins or whatever. Cross. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, jump yeah. ahead and I'll take the slack on this one. Shock to make the playoffs. I'm gonna get Lambasvis Philly, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, it's always sunny there. Because that was Sunny Day and I'm a big fan. But uh, Brandon Brooks is back. Huge loss. Running game was very poor last year. But we didn't have many rushing attempts. I think Miles Sanders could be in for a good year. Potential shows. Jalen Hurts. It could work. It could be a disaster. But I think we have a better receiving core. Smith has impressed me an awful lot. Um, and look, you still have Zach Ertz. You still have Goddard. The NFC East is an absolute shambles. Washington football team won it last year with a losing record. I wouldn't be shocked if history repeated itself. Is all I would say. I think they'll win that division, but they'll have a winning record this year. Maybe, maybe. And we all want to watch Fitzmagic get this done. <laughs> let's let's be real about it. He's like... up there with Derek Rose and who you want to see win a championship, I suppose, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yourself, really? Bob Peter Ratley. Shocked to make the playoffs. So this is a shock to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um... I have, I don't know whether you would call it a shock, but I have the New York Giants, actually. Okay, expecting a jump from Daniel Jones. 
I am expecting a jump from Daniel Jones, yeah. And look, if he doesn't make the jump this year, they're going to cut his loss. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they're going to cut the loss with him. And and obviously that'll be the end of that. But I think the NFC, you know, if you can win nine games, like if Saquon comes back healthy, they could win nine games. You don't know what's going to happen with Dallas just yet because Prescott has now got arm soreness as well as you know, the bad foot from last year. So do Dallas have a losing record and the Giants could possibly win nine games in that division and, and maybe get a, a wild card part? I think they have a, so, yeah, they have a massively underrated defense, def, defense defense in at the Giants as well. But, like, if you were to take, like, look, look at all of those kind of mid-tier teams in the NFC. Like, Obviously, the NFC West, you just take it out because they're all like they're all division winners in their own right. Really, when you think about it, like they could be tops of four different divisions separately. Like then you start looking at teams. Like why not New York? Like definitely would have it over Philly any day of the week. To be honest, we'll see. I guess we'll um, see. I guess we will see. It's fighting talk. That is. Um, look, the NFC yeah. the <laughs> NFC East is a mess. In the NFC North, I think Chicago have maybe potentially slightly improved with Justin Fields, but I think Minnesota have regressed. The Detroit Lions remain an absolute and utter mess. And in the South, New Orleans Saints have regressed. Tampa, yeah, there thereabouts. It'd be interesting to see Carolina or a potential wild card as well. How is Sam Darnold going to react if Christian McCaffrey can stay free? They're an option. Do you know what I mean? I think. Atlanta Falcons they're in a rebuild so what are they I think you're wrong about the Saints as well I think the Saints are going to be really fun to watch this year I think Jameis is I'd be all in on Jameis as well he's going to such a fucking doesn't matter he's just just launch it all over the park if we get 30 touchdowns and 30 picks again like I'm purely watching that you're a huge fan of uh, LASIK eye surgery obviously Um. <laughs> Coach, you're shocked to make the playoffs. How'd you go? Again, I don't know if it's a shock, but I really feel like the Dolphins are gonna have a good year. Um, I think Tua is gonna he's gonna get a lot more Tua. time. Tua, in my best uh, double digits South Dublin accent. Um, I think yeah, I think he's gonna get a lot more time. It's gonna be more kind of true of a rookie season, if that makes sense. Um, uh, will Brian Flores try and mirror the New New England ways? You know, kind of an improved yeah, no. big passing game. It's a, it's a good roster, and um, the final piece is just the quarterback position. Obviously, rumors of potential Deshaun Watson trade. It's an interesting storyline to be following in, in Miami, definitely. And I don't think you're a million miles away. It all depends on what New England shows up this season. I think, but I think it's a good shout. In fairness, Miami, there's, they probably feel really good about trying to win that division as well, you know. Absolutely. And there could be a game, there could be a game away from it. Like that roster is not just good; like that roster is very good. Yeah. Um, Great place only, to live. But if they were, the only thing I have, I, yeah. I, I think, does count against Miami, and it's the uh, the madness of some of the conferences. You obviously you've got Buffalo, New York, mm. you've got New England, Massachusetts, and you've got the Jets in New York. I do think sometimes road games in the cold can be a massive disadvantage for them. Whereas the hot weather can almost be a mid-season break for the sides that have played them every season. Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes it can kind of count against them. It's just just yeah, to the be geography fair, they, they, of that group. That's a proper away day, isn't it? It's a proper away day. 
Can Messi do it in Stoke on a Tuesday night? It's kind of like that, isn't it? It's a little bit like that, yeah. Right, quick one just to finish up this round. No explanation needed. Super Bowl matchup and eventual winner. Who have we got? Who have we got? Who's going first? I can jump in. I will get shot down massively for this because it's a wild, wild one. I think if he can stay healthy, if he can have average to middling production based on their roster, the AFC champion, uh, the AFC champions would be the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, and I think there is nothing more dangerous in the league than a salty Aaron Rodgers. So I've gone Green Bay Packers, overall champions, Green Bay Packers. Who's next? Yeah, I don't mind going. So I think the AFC, I think in the divisional, the Bills will beat the Browns. You'll get a Chiefs-Bills game, which the Chiefs will win. I think the NFC, you got the Packers, uh, the Bucks, or the 49ers. I don't think the Bucks are going to be anywhere near it this year. I think it'll be... Oh, I think the Packers beat the 49ers and it's a Packers-Chiefs final. I've got the Rams-Chiefs. Shock horror. It's all played different. Yeah, shock horror. <laughs> it's always shock horror. Yeah, just, I think the Rams have enough to to squeak by Brady. But I don't think anyone in the AFC is going to catch Mahomes this year. Um, I think it's next year before anyone really gives them a right rattle, to be honest. So you, you back in Kansas? This year, Kansas and the Rams, yeah. Oh, winner. Stop, stop sitting on the fence here. Come on, Mahomes. Ooh. Yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs to win it all this year. Yeah, look. Just I think yeah, yeah that's okay. I I, I can see that. Um, so let's look at a quick NFL kind of preview as such, if you want. An ad hoc one kicks off Thursday evening. Bucks at home against the Cowboys. It's going. To, it paves the way for a fascinating season. What Greenwich Mean Time is that? Just for the casuals. Oh, I think it's like a, I think it's like half twelve. And Thursday night kick off. Half twelve, one o'clock usually in Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Um, before the clocks go back anyway, I'm not too sure. Daylight savings and all that. So the next segment will be a regular feature on the podcast. Is have you seen this? So a lot of you may have heard because it's probably a few weeks old, but. Last weekend, we had, obviously, the introduction of college football. The week prior, there is always a Hall of Fame high school game played. It's played in Canton, Ohio, which anyone who knows anything about American football is sacred ground. It's where the Hall of Fame busts are enshrined. ESPN would televise this game. It's it's supposed to be between the two best or two of the best ranked high school football teams. The game faced a match-off by IMG Academy and Bishop Sycamore of Ohio. It soon became very evident that Bishop Sycamore weren't anywhere near the top 2,000 schools in the country. They'd basically handed over the recruitment to a company called Paragon Sports, who'd done their research and had come up with Bishop Sycamore from Ohio. The issue with Bishop Sycamore, Ohio, is it's a wild story, but effectively, it's not even a school. The players were failed JUCO players. They were had never attended. There isn't a school. There isn't a building. 
they are registered addressed is a classroom in a library they rented once i think in april of 2020 how they managed to get away with it and um, basically it's a lot of fraud but the school is a non-chartered non-tax supported school they claim this was owing to their religious beliefs if the school is not supported by tax it's not investigated by the education board in america effectively they went out and they got absolutely pummeled um by img academy which is a bit of a, a machine a production machine in terms of division one and later down the line nfl talent um it's just it's it's well worth the read if you can grab the article anywhere it's up on stuff like the athletic it's up on bleacher report it's up on sports illustrated it's generally i think i've even seen it on bbc news it's it's kind of made headlines across the world it's a wild story the irony of it all is img academy with a bunch of high schoolers absolutely hammered this bishop sycamore team half of which players were 20 21 22 and had played college um or junior college football any he's happened to catch it gents yeah i've been following the whole thing i i just find it so astonishing number one that no one in espn raised the flag going okay paragon have you know given us their they're the third party basically that booked the fixtures for for the television like how did no one go hold on we've never heard of these people before so apparently from what i've managed to read is there's usually a lot more film and a lot more research on the high school football team but because of a covid affected season last year that information simply just wasn't there so instead of probably going for two well that's this is look this is it was handed off to paragon sports it's handed off to paragon sports every year and then the funnier part is the coach got sacked after the game like what did they expect got got sacked or went on a run because apparently there is warrants out for fraud in other states and stuff like this it's it's a bizarre story roy johnson yeah yeah it's It's just bizarre the whole thing is bad for for anyone that's listening and has absolutely no time for american football or nfl or anything it doesn't matter just just google bishop sycamore timeline it's it's crazy like kind of the video is well worth watching as well like it's actually it's grim viewing like is that the video of the game are, oh stop like these lads are 15 16 for my mg and they're just throwing these boys around like rag dolls it's the so good to watch they used to be called so the youth build centur- centurions didn't they like prior they've, they've had, had a couple of different name changes aliases and a different kind of fraud attempts and stuff like that it's just a bizarre situation the only way i can describe it is remember the titans are friday night lights meets joe exotic and tiger king it's just <laughs> out there it's a story from there is a documentary pending as well i think kevin hart has signed contracts in order to produce a netflix documentary so i hope it's just... not a comedy i really hope it's not a no comedy. no it's I hope not it's, 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 it's kevin hart's not gonna be involved it's his production company he's one of these any once you get to become a big star in america you get a production i tell you the, the, a, a real worrying part for me though is how did no one in img because obviously i knew about this fixture for a while so how did no one raise alarms going here lads what's going on well a bigger issue apparently is this game was on a sunday and the bishop sycamore brings an interesting fact as well there's never actually been a bishop sycamore that's worth pointing out as well um yeah. they had played a game on the friday because of the roster numbers, the large portion of their players, I know some of them obviously aren't kids anymore, but some of them still are. Had They play both ends. They play offense and defense. So apparently it's like a massive child's rights violation to make them play two games and two, and effectively have only 24 hours rest in between it. 
So, like there's all sorts of legal charges coming out of it. It's it's. I don't want to go into it too, anymore because I want people to actually go and read yeah. People the story. need to research. It's it's a crazy story. Yeah. Like it's brilliant. Well, look, gents, that was a very quick whistle stop tour. A rough idea as to what the show is gonna be about. Um, I will make this available on all our other channels, so the Buster Barstools, uh, Monster Clubhouse. But moving forward, I think all episodes will be on the Ball Bags channel. So if you haven't given it a like, a subscribe, a follow, make sure to do that wherever you find your podcasts. Um, and I think we'll leave it there, gents. And Can I add one little... Th- I, do, I want you to play me out with music over this now for the listeners, but I just want to put a little summer note. If you were to put €100 Euros on Ireland to draw 1-1 <laughs> in every game since 2006, bottom feeder athlete, you would have €7 million. Euros. Just shy of it. Just shy of yep. it. Those numbers aren't valid. Just shy, but the interest. Why would you do that to me? No, so there you are. So look, if we do it between now and 2036 as a team, you never know, we'll be millionaires. My God. 100 euros in every game. 1-1. One, one. That kind of sounds like you're making money, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I'll be all over that. Fat Matthew Stafford to win MVP for the next five years. So there we have it. Sorry, Sash. Anyway. That's all for me. Coach. It's all for me. And yourself, bottom feeder athlete. That is all for me. Thank you and good night.